want to start off this podcast with some song lyrics, if that's okay with you. You're not going to sing, are you? Mm, tell me the name of the song. Do you remember the 21st night of September? Do you remember? I don't think it quite goes like that. It does. It's exactly the lyrics. Do you remember? 21st night of September. Oh, is it 21st? Mm. Is it really? It really is, yeah. I never knew that. Earth, Wind & Fire wrote that song September about this podcast. That's genuinely not true, but I wish they did. This isn't about music. This is about gaming. It's so true. It's been a very long month, okay? Just let me off the hook. All right, do you want me to do a proper yeah. in- introduction? If right. you can, please. <clears throat> this is the Naked Gaming Podcast with Chris Barrow and me, Lee Milner. This is See, so cool. That's how it's done. Can I tell you something very cool? We're getting played on podcast radio right now. I know. How exciting. Exciting. That's they, so cool. They loved our little Naked Gaming podcast. So they Thanks, were like, guys. the people need to hear it. And we love you. So thank you so much. Thank for you. That. Also, last month on the show, one of the things we did went out on Five Live Science. It was to do with survival strategies with Jonathan Zhang. I just finished up my PhD thesis a few days ago. And um, the top three players in each of the, the last few levels of the game, uh, they, they got a mention. You can download that episode now. Make sure you subscribe so you can avoid all the faffing in the future by typing in Naked Gaming podcast. Subscribe. Subscribe right now. Easily done. This month, it's about time we did another simulator special. Well, we had to think, think about what we should do, because Flight Simulator 2020 came out recently, Surgeon Simulator 2, mm. a game called Maneater, which is... You said it wasn't about the music, but it sort of is. Uh, it's a shark simulator, is Maneater. So we didn't have a choice. Ah! There's blood everywhere! <laughs> it's like Jaws all over again. Retro Revival is not one, but two games from my childhood. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remastered. Skateboard Simulator, that's what you've got to call it. <laughs> Did you have a skateboard, by the way, as a kid? Yeah. Were you good? Yeah. You're saying yes, but I just saw you play a bit of Tony Hawk, his Pro Skater, and you were you sucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also this month our resident villain Alex Archangel Rose a good X-Men reference there uh, he's wow. playing a dating simulator of course he is but for evil superheroes I'm going to say does his girlfriend know that's my doubt the skeleton turns to address you looking distressed and actually the skeleton does look pretty distressed which is um, pretty good for someone who doesn't have any skin Remember, you can subscribe to the show. And we've got at Naked Gaming Pod on Twitter. Yeah. Check us out there. Let's start off by looking at the news for September and some amazing new game announcements. With the latest, here's Lee Milner. Good luck with one of the particular phrases in this. A new release special this month. A new Zelda game has been announced, but it's not Breath of the Wild 2, which everyone was waiting for. In fact, it's Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. The history of the royal family of Hyrule is also the history of Calamity Ganon, a primal evil that has endured over the ages. I think you are now ready. Ready to hear what happened. 100 years ago. The graphics are similar, but with old-school Hyrule Warriors combat coming to Switch on November the 20th. There's another Call of Duty game. You're joking. Not another one? Oh, for God's sake, I can't honestly... I can't stand this. It's the gift that keeps on giving. This time it's called Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. This war was a lie. 
out on the 13th of November. World of Warcraft is getting a new expansion called Shadowlands. Sylvanas Windrunner has ripped open the way to the afterlife. The five new zones come out on the 26th of October. Lordaeron belongs to the Forsaken, always and forever. More expansion news, which I love, and do I do I really have to say this, Chris? Yeah, really. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, uh, special downloadable content has just been released for Borderlands Three, called Psycho Krieg and the Fantastic Fuster Cluck. What goes through the mind of a psycho? <laughs> we are about to find out. Say hello to a torturing nightmare! Thanks for that. Top job Lee Milner with the gaming news. Uh, I was going to put in Fantastic Fuster Cluck many more times for you to say, but I think... I would have told you to Fuster Cluck off. Wow. Stop kidding around, Snake. some news that's just coming into us now sony has revealed the price of its playstation 5 and they've matched the price of the xbox series x last time it was a very different story the ps4 was a lot cheaper than the xbox one at launch so how much well the ps5 will cost 449 pounds 99 in the uk when it's released the digital edition is 359.99 so a bit cheaper the xbox series x same price for the standard edition 449.99 in the uk Both PlayStation 5 consoles are going to be released on the 19th of November here in the UK and the 12th of November in America, Japan and Australia, whereas the Xbox is coming out on the 10th of November. This is the Naked Gaming Podcast. I'm Chris Barrow, you're Lee Milner, Mm -hmm. in case you forgot. Now, when was the last time you played your Game Boy? Actually, quite, quite on it the tube. It wasn't too long ago. You play it on the London Underground, don't yeah. you, sometimes? Well, you're going to like this idea then. Josiah Hester and Shemesvaf Pavelcek from the McCormick School of Engineering at Northwestern University in Illinois are part of the team that have come up with the battery-free Game Boy. The initial conversation was, oh, could we harvest energy from button presses, like button mashing? And like, ha, ha, laugh, laugh. Like, wait, okay, maybe we could do that, actually. And so figuring out all the little pieces that could possibly go together... Uh, was a huge like initial portion and going back and forth on that. Um, that's why you see things like the tiny screen, right? Because it was just we could not get anything bigger. <laughs> but all all the design came from like, can we make it as close as possible to like a Game Boy? The first ever uh, experience with the battery Game Boy was with Super Mario. I got to be the one like except for Jasper Devinko who uh, designed the whole hardware. Uh, uh, was the first one that that managed to play Super Mario, and it was. Pretty good. I would say the more sun, of course, the the better the game experience. But, you know, the unique part is like the mind-blowing experience when you see that, you know, the system dies and, you know, once it gets enough of energy, you continue from the last moment that that you stop. So kind of like Game Boy is like the Mario is like about to jump over it. It's like, ah, okay, it's about to die. No, and it's kind of just continue just like with the flow of of the game. Really cool experience. But it does hurt me as a radio DJ and a podcaster to hear that sound isn't available on this Game Boy yet. We, you know, one thing we kind of didn't even think about, which I feel a little bit uh, stupid now, is you. Know, it's pretty easy to generate uh, the power required for sound for like headphones because it's you know the, the speaker is so close to your ear. We may have been able to pull that off, but even then, right? If you had like a 
The sound will kind of go like, you know, and so there'd be kind of interruptions. Um, so I don't know. That's another kind of interesting, you know, if you if you have interruptions to the sound, will you become so frustrated that you throw it away, or will it kind of be a part of the gameplay where you're like, ooh, this is cool. I'm I'm rethinking how I used to play Mario, and now it's become more of a challenge because now I have to beat Bowser, save Princess Peach, and generate enough energy so that I can keep playing. Right, and that's that could be fun. Um, so sound is on the menu for the future, I would say. Yeah. How much difference would a battery-free Game Boy really make? Because at the moment, the big problem is realistically huge rooms of servers running on electricity, causing a much bigger problem than perhaps just the consoles themselves. That's a drop in the ocean. So if you see a battery-free Game Boy, you're like, oh, huh, carbon footprint of gaming, maybe I should think about that. You know, maybe this is actually something that can be addressed. You know, everyone on the planet has to change a battery every six minutes. Um, and then this huge ecological cost of, you know, all the water that it takes to mine lithium from these mines, water security issues from uh, populations that are already dealing with water scarcity, right? And so I think there's, even with just uh, the Game Boy and then the larger idea of smart devices and the Internet of Things, uh, kind of showing these new approaches to doing batteryless mobile uh, smart devices is going to have a huge, huge impact. The gaming industry has a big problem with carbon emissions uh, that not many people uh, um, accept or even are aware of. Um, and we want to change that. Whether we can make Nintendo Switch battery-free now, the answer is no. Because that thing costs too much energy. You cannot really generate enough of energy by just pre- pre- simply pressing a button. So, I mean, you could, but that solar power would probably be the size of your 40-inch screen and probably don't want to play. So we're not there yet. Uh, if someone would ask us to make create a Game Boy three years back, it would be still impossible. At least it would be much harder to do. Now it's possible. And you can get hold of the Game Boy, well, it's really called the Engage Project, if you like, and you can build one for free on your own if you just have the, the knowledge and the skills. Check out their website. Power up. Last month, we dramatised the arguments between Fortnite, Apple and Google Play. It was a masterpiece. It really took a long time to... What would you say? It's a piece. It's a piece, yeah. That's about it. Well, I want to sell it to Netflix, so... I'd I'd work on it a bit more. more. Okay, well, now's the perfect opportunity, because we're going to carry on the drama. The series continues, because there's been some significant developments... Mm. Uh, if you don't mind, can you please reprise your role from last month mm. of being Fortnite, okay. i.e. Epic Games? Yes. I'm going to be Apple. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth is that? That's my getting into characters, what you do when you're an actor. <laughs> Never seen that before. You have to have like these like... Warm-ups. Fr- warm-ups. Okay. Uh, I think Alex, <laughs> Alex Rose did something similar. Uh, he's going to be playing the part of Google Play again as well. And our pal Rod Whiting has been drafted in to be the love it the voice he's got, he's got such an epic voice he's the voice of the law of <laughs> thanks rodders right are you ready yeah yeah here we go right hello i'm apple again you annoyed me lee oh fortnite sorry fortnite last time by offering discounted game credits to people who are buying straight from you that's not fair because i want people playing fortnite on apple so that they can give me their money how dare you sorry but you know what I wanted that money. Hello, I'm Google Play. Well, that's not good enough, Fortnite. You're banned from the Apple Store, and we're going to stop other companies from using your Unreal Engine to make their games as well. How do you like that? I don't like that. I'm banning you from Google Play, too. That's me, by the way. Right then. 
Well, I'm taking legal action. I am the law, and you can't ban their Unreal Engine, but you can ban their game from the store. Well then, okay. Next time you update your game, people who play Fortnite on Macs and iPhones and iPads, they're going to get left behind. I don't really mind if you update the game outside of the Google Store. What? You're annoying me, Apple, because I feel like you've got a monopoly. The case continues. Tune in next time for another edition of Fortnite Night. We'll get to our simulators shortly. This is our simulator special, after all. In fact, it's our fourth one. So if you love simulators, there's three previous episodes. But anyway. Let's go to new releases. Fall Guys has gotten... Has gotten? Yeah. Has gotten an update with a big hammer. Wow. I'm reading the scripts and it doesn't really make sense. But anyway, and from one game with a big hammer into another. Yeah. Marvel's Avengers superhero simulator. It's the Thor's hammer. Anyway, here's the trailer. There's still a bad guy out there who wants to hurt the world. You're already a hero. The only one left to convince is yourself. We can stop him. Yeah, now we're talking? All units, find the girl. People believe in the Avengers. So I've been playing this just now. One of the big criticisms of the game is that the characters look nothing like the Hulk that you've come to know and love. Captain oh. America. The game character that's supposed to be Tony Stark Iron Man doesn't look anything like Robert Downey Jr. And I think that's intentional. I think they're not allowed to have similarities. Why? Or they didn't want to pay for the similarities. Why? Well, because you can't just put he Robert... He doesn't da- look that bad, the Hulk. No, the Hulk looks all right, actually. Yeah, so okay. who else? Tony Stark in Marvel's Avengers. It looks crazy. Have a little look. Black hair. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Mm. He looks... Mm. Yeah. So you start off and it says, you need to link your account to your EA account, blah, blah, blah. And that really, really annoyed me. So it took me 10 minutes to do that. And then I think that for a game like Marvel's Avengers, you have to be a superhero fan. You have to kind of love the story. You have to want to play as the Hulk mm. and Thor and whatever. Because it's good. Mm-hmm. But then after about 10 minutes, you've kind of done it all. Hulk has smashed, but then Hulk smashes again and again. It's, oh. I, I couldn't do that for five hours. There's only, you know, square and triangles, mash the buttons. The game is the best, though, when you're on a sort of cutscene that you're pressing the buttons in and you're taken along for the ride. It's much better like that. It's the story of uh, Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan, um, and she's like a super Avengers fan, um, and then she gets to become one of the Avengers. Spoiler alert, but, you know, that is the the whole (laughs) premise of the game here. Fair enough. Bit repetitive. The multiplayer is awful. Don't bother with the multiplayer. Get through the story about Don't 10... Don't you play it for the multiplayer? Well, it you was, want to play it you're together. supposed to. You're supposed to play it because you want to level up all your characters, but it's just not fun. It's no. just boring after a while. But the story is worth getting through. About 10 hours worth of content. Well, Marvel's Avengers is out now on Microsoft Windows, if you're interested, and PS4, Xbox, and Stadia for around £50. And for editorial balance, Alex Rhodes will be playing a dating simulator for villains later on. Now a game that just came out after we recorded our last episode, Microsoft Flight Simulator. I've never really understood the appeal of flight simulator games particularly i mean if you're an aspiring pilot perhaps then to go and be a pilot no 
No, you can't just be a pilot. No, but... Let's jump in a plane and be a pilot. You've got to, like, practice. I don't think this is going to help you, though, because in a real plane, you don't have a mouse and a keyboard um... or an Xbox controller. But anyway, why would you want to sit in a plane and, and cruise around the world? There's no real point. To th- there's no objectives. You don't have to do anything. You just sit there and go, ah, the skyline. But anyway, luckily for us... <laughs> One of my colleagues, Julian Farmer, is not only an exceptional studio manager at the World Service and other and Radio 4, he's also a flight simmer. A what now? He plays. What does he make of this latest flight simulator game? Microsoft Flight Simulator is the latest in the corporation's long-running franchise. And I think it's fair to say that it caught us all by surprise when it was announced at E3 last year. Oh my God, what is this? What, what is this? Dude! <laughs> oh my god! That was RandomEd787, a YouTuber who was live streaming his reaction to the games being announced at E3. And in case you couldn't tell, he's a Flight Sim fan. Well, with every teaser video they released, the hype grew. So, did it live up to our expectations? London City traffic Cessna Alpha Sierra X-ray Golf Sierra Alpha taking off runway 9 or departing straight out. Well, mostly, yes. Visually, the game is absolutely stunning. Asobo Studio, who are the game's developers, have recreated the world in a one-to-one ratio. So, every inch of the world is mapped. Now, that's nothing new. Simulators have done that before. But what is new is that the sim uses detailed aerial imaging from Bing Maps and it's streamed live to you over the internet. So they're not limited by how much hard drive space you've got. And boy, have they embraced that. They claim to have two petabytes of data available. That's two million gigabytes. They say the world is so accurately mapped that you can fly VFR by visual flight rules. That means that you can navigate by looking out of the window, by following roads and railways. Now, in most of the world, buildings are generic models. That works fine for most buildings. It's pretty convincing from a distance. But when you come across more iconic landmarks, you get some interesting outcomes. Buckingham Palace in London, for example, has been turned into what looks like a council estate or project housing. But in some select cities, they've used photogrammetry. Using aircraft, 3D scans of these cities have been taken along with high-quality photos. So every single building looks like the real deal. Even branding on the sides of buildings and shops has been captured, and it all looks gorgeous. Don't get me wrong, the sim does have its issues, though. There are various mapping bugs, buildings in the middle of roads, bridges that are underwater, and in general, a few of the features just feel half-finished. You get the distinct feeling that they didn't want to push back the release date and rush the game out of the door, but hopefully these are things that will get fixed when they start to release updates. The big question, though, is what does this sim have to offer you if you're a casual gamer? Well, a surprising amount, actually. There are various difficulty options, so you can still take to the air without a problem if you're a complete novice. There's a nice checklist feature which will highlight all the switches you need to flip to set up the aircraft if you want to learn how to do it properly, or if you just want to fly, the computer can flip them all for you. Beacon. On. Ignition. Start. Mixture. Rich when engine starts. Multiplayer is part of the game too, so you can fly with your friends, which I found was a lot more fun than it sounded. 
Clearly, it's not going to be for everyone. If you're into games where there's action round every corner and where something's always happening, then maybe this isn't one for you. But if you're looking for a relaxing game with beautiful graphics, and if you've always wanted to learn a bit about how you actually fly a plane, then maybe you should give it a go. And a game which lets you explore the places you love but can't get to right now, and which lets you explore the places you've always wanted to go to, seems honestly fitting for the world that we live in right now. Thanks to Julian Farmer for that excellent review, Microsoft Flight Simulator, as it's technically called, although everyone calls it Flight Simulator 2020, is out now on Windows and coming soon to Xbox. This is the Naked Gaming Podcast with Chris Barrow and me, Lee Milner. It's retro revival time. Mm -hmm. You're very excited for this and it is kind of a simulator because it's a remastering of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. You told me something really interesting the other day. His His name's not actually Tony Hawk's. No, everyone thinks he's called Tony Hawk's. And interestingly, when you do the tutorial for the game, it's like, in Tony Hawk's, you can blah, blah, blah. But it's Tony. He's called Tony Hawk, mm. and it's Tony Hawk. His pro skate. Anyway, oh, there you go. Little uh, fact of the day. I played this one as a kid. It was first yeah. released in 1999, <gasps> and 2000 was the second one. So we were nine and ten years old when yeah. that came out. Yeah. Um, it's an exact reimagining of the first two games. The good thing is that from the later games, when you can wall ride, mm-hmm. um, they put that in the earlier games, mm-hmm. so you can do sort of additional tricks. I suck at this though. I know. I used to be so good, and you, you really were- suck. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you do. I only just picked up the controller for like literally a minute. Yeah, but you sucked though. So did you. I did the tutorial. Anyway, it's really fun though. The graphics are so much better. It, do you know it's the fastest selling Tony Hawk game of all time? Do you know that? I can imagine. More than a million it's copies really good. already, yeah. And you feel like you could genuinely learn to do those moves on a skateboard. No. Which you obviously could. I mean, there's no, no way. No, I, I definitely couldn't. I'd probably break my back. Even, as you know, because you're much better at skateboarding than me, even ollieing. I know. It's super difficult. There's no way you could ollie into a manual, which is like the the sort of nose thing that you do. And then there's no, you just couldn't do it. But it makes you feel like you could anyway. Now you get two games here for the price of one. You could unlock special um, Officer Dick character, which is played by Jack Black, which was in the original as well. So that's cool. And all all the characters are their current ages. So what? Tony Hawk, no. as, as Tony Hawk in the game now, he is his actual age, and Jack Black is his actual likeness now. So they've all aged up. So you know, Jack cool. Black is quite a heavy guy then now. The skateboard's doing well. Doing well. <laughs> Reinforced <laughs> aluminium, what <a> titanium. <laughs> what a legend he is. But um, what do you think of the price? Because it's 40 quid, but you do get two games. I think that's great. £20 each, basically. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remastered is out now for Windows, PlayStation, Xbox for 40 quid. This is the Naked Gaming Podcast with me, Lee Milner, and... Oh, me. Yes. Chris Barrett. Thank That's you so well much. Done. Well Thanks. done. That's it. You can, you can go have a rest now. I will. Bye. Now, we usually have a simulator of the month at this point of the show, but because it's a simulator special, we're going big. Go big or go home. Well, we are at home, actually. Exactly. Um, and we've got not one, but three simulators of the month in a bumper edition. Let's start with the man we've all been waiting to hear from. It's Alex Rhodes, who's playing a villain dating simulator called Lovingly Evil. Yes, really. Hello, Chris and Lee. Alex here. Now, um, when you guys told me I'd be doing this one, I was worried at first that it was going to be like realistic villains. So like I'd be worried, you know, I'd be trying to set up a date with Fred West or 
Attila the Hun or the guy who invented cold calls. But it's it's actually it's more like um you know sort of fantasy style. You know you've got your witches, your necromancers, that sort of thing. So let's give it a go. New game. Here we go. So I'm at, I'm at the villain conference. Basically, I think the setup of this is you are at an away day for villains. A skeleton is on the reception at the moment. Ooh, dignified woman. Excuse me for the interruption, but I believe I was given the wrong badge. Preposterous. I'll have you know that I'm a VIP guest. Haven't you heard of the Maysard family? The skeleton turns to address you, looking distressed. And actually, the skeleton does look pretty distressed, which is um, pretty good for someone who doesn't have any skin. Okay, he says, while I'm dealing with her... Basically, go to the creator character page. I'm going to go with kind of like a vampire look. Red eyes, suit, pointy face. You don't really see fat vampires, do you? So I've got to go sort of skinny. There we go. Yes. Okay. So I've kind of got like an emo fringe now. Oh, you can pick like a, a pet, sort of a familiar. Uh, so let's go with a raven. Okay. We need your background information. Please fill out this form. Forms can be fun if you have the right mindset, he says. Here, I'll help you. Fill in your name. I'm going to go with Count Buffula. There we go. So everyone knows what to expect. Ooh. You wander around the conference centre until an unexpected scent catches your attention. I'm at like a sort of flower shop. It seems to be empty, but when you get closer, you notice a slight rustling behind the red tulips. A wave of luscious hair swings in front of your eyes, revealing a handsome, delicate face. This guy looks like a vampire. Who are you? I can ask. Oh, Felix von Gloomhart. That's better than Count Buffula. He chose it around the 12th century, so he's a lot older than me. I'm a mere 3,500 years old, so this guy would be... I'd say robbing the cradle, but it is robbing the grave if it's a vampire, isn't it? Um, reluctantly and with difficulty, somehow you manage to look away from Felix's hypnotising eyes. Bit of a spark there already. I like this game. Uh, the art style's good. You know, it's the sort of... Uh, you know, if you've played Dating Sims before, it is that kind of 2D art style with some, you know, pretty basic animation, but... These games always really come alive during the sort of writing. I really like the premise. The premise is really fun. Oh, he's the uh, villain um, conference's florist. And my character said, that doesn't sound like a very evil job. He composes bouquets that carry a message of your choice. And believe me, some message requests get, I get are very evil. Uh, I'm still looking for love at the villain conference. Uh, so who knows? Uh, I've got three days booked at VCon, as it's known. So hopefully I'll lose my V card. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much uh, on the villain dating simulator. Who knew that he was so good at being a villain <laughs> in the dating scene? Wow. He's really carved out a niche mm. for himself. Uh, He's so, such a bad guy. Wow. That's the song that um, Billie Eilish wrote about him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Loving Evil is out now on Steam. It's a mere, it's a mere £10, but there's also a demo available if you want to give it a shot, first of all. Busy night, but there's always room for another. Next, a game I've been desperate to play for quite some time. Finally, the game team hooked us up with a copy in the end. It's a game where you play as a shark, so I'm calling it uh, Shark Simulator, although it's actually called Maneater, Nelly Furtado style, featuring classic evil bad guy stereotype, Scaly Pete. Oh, Scaly Pete. This season on Maneater, everyone's fighting off more than they can chew. Oh, look at you. And the hunter becomes the hunted. That's the one what took my hand, all right. Get yourself ready, boy. So we watched Jaws the other day, and it was too long. And not many people agreed with our opinion that Jaws was a bad film. Well, it's rubbish, so... The bit where they sing songs drunkenly for a long time. (laughs) That should have been cut. Uh, So Lee has been playing Maneater. Whoosh, deep dive. Oh, everyone's screaming. Because you're a shark. Now I've deep dived. I'm swimming after them. (gasps) Oh! 
screen after this bloke here, look. Right, trigger. Ah! There's blood everywhere! <laughs> <laughs> it's like jaws all over again. So how do I, like, sneak up on them? Oh, I can sneaky, sneaky. In stealth mode. Sneaky, sneaky. I'm going from underneath now, so he doesn't know I'm coming, look. Ready? Bosh! Down! Oh! I'm literally eating every human alive. I think you're enjoying this a bit too much. This is brilliant. This is the best game ever. For a large marine predator. Is it called you a large marine predator then? That's what you call me. <laughs> so what did you think about it? I, mean, I loved it. I'm going to put a video up of you playing this, which is quite... I'm going to have to put like a rating on it because it's quite brutal. I love it. You it's were, like, amazing. Kill all the people. I'm I'm quite gory. Yeah. I've always liked kind of um, gory movies and games. Yeah, you have, haven't you? But this is like on another level. This is like Jaws X-rated. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, Jaws 10 or something. Yeah. Like they finally got a realistic looking it's shark. It's good though. You, you're basically a shark and you get given tasks to, to kill humans, which is a bit bizarre. And um, you can kind of sneak up on them or you can just go on a rampage. Yeah, well, that's um, all you did is a rampage. Uh, yeah, I mean, why Very not? little sneaking yeah, up. Yeah, no. Once, maybe. And you're huge compared to the humans. Man is out now for Windows, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. It's coming soon to Switch for a whopping £35. £35? I, just, I don't think it's that expensive. I just wanted to say whopping. No, but it's quite... It is quite... I think it's quite expensive. Yeah. To say that Tony Hawk's is... Tony Hawk. Uh, is, um, <laughs> 40 40 pounds? Yeah. Make your choice, ladies and gents. Ah! There's blood everywhere! Another simulator for you this month, and Jack Surfleet is back after his excellent review of Fall Guys It was last really month. good, his really review. Really good. And it actually made me play it because of his review, and it, we even played it. Oh, my God. Uh, I, ah! I won a crown in Fall Guys. It's really good. If you've never played Fall Guys, by the way, 60 people go head-to-head in a kind of, like, Takeshi's Castle-style running the gauntlet thing. Anyway... You've got to play it. It's really good. It's, and it's just been updated. I'd say it's, it's going to be like when we do a Christmas special. Oh, yeah. I'd say this is in the top three. Yeah. Top three of the good, year. It? It's really, really good. You have to go by that. Um, anyway. Um, he's back. Yes, he's back. And this time he's reviewing Train Sim World 2. Here we are again. I find myself in the cab of a train that I'm totally unqualified to drive. Despite my incompetence from last time round when Train Sim World 2020 first came to console, late services, driving wildly over speed and occasionally, just occasionally, opening the doors on the wrong side of the train, mind to the gap, I've been welcomed into the arms of Train Sim World 2. Now the game comes with three routes, but let's focus on the most anticipated, and by that I mean the one that I'm most excited about, and that's the Bakerloo line. A few years ago, you may remember the world of Subways 3, Circle Line. I was clocking on every evening after college to start my shift with Transport for London. I trundle from stop to stop in what was then the C-Stock trains. So, does Train Sim World 2 match up to that experience? In a word, kinda. It's one line on the network without automation, so you can manually drive the trains rather than, you know sit there. How does it feel? Well, it certainly sounds like the tube to an extent, but for those regular commuters, you may, and I use this word lightly, miss the sharp shrills at the corners and the clunking of the carriages. The trains get up to speed quickly to a top speed of around 40 miles an hour on the line. Throughout the city, though, you'll average around 20 miles an hour, if that. 
The train also comes to an abrupt stop, much like the experience on the underground when your elbow's deep in Oxford Street shopping and you end up face down on someone's lap as you try and sneakily alight as the train's coming to a stop. One gripe, though? No announcements. Not only have Dovetail not included them, but they've also not tried to replicate them, which I think in a way might be a good thing. Hopefully, though, they'll consider recording some for a later patch. But all in all, it's a great experience to get an understanding of how the tube works. The graphics are relatively realistic, minus a few minor lighting issues, and there are a few different routes to try out, including the American Sand Patch Grade Freight Route, if you don't like people, and the German Intercity Express, if you like really long routes where you can maybe pop downstairs and grab a cup of tea while you coast along miles of track, not really doing much. So whatever you choose to do, clock on, hop on board and enjoy the virtual railway in Train Sim World 2. Thanks, Jack Surfleet. Train Sim World 2 is available now on PlayStation 4, Xbox, Microsoft Windows. It's about 25 quid. If that's your thing, then go for it. And that's it. That's a wrap. Wow. Another simulator special 4.0. Wow. Finished. There's a lot in there. Sharks, killing... Avengers, big hammers. Villains. Villains. Dating simulators. Alex dating. You seem depleted. You seem like... It's just been a busy month, hasn't it? It's been a bit it's much. It's been a really, really busy month. But it's been good. Yeah. It's been good. And also, there's just too much to play. I showed you that our, we've got a library of games, and because our PlayStation 4, it has quite a big hard drive, but you can only download about 15 games at a time. There's about 50 games that we're trying to get There's through. There's too many. What, what's the next What's the next one on well, your no, list? I'm still trying to crack on with The Last of Us 2. Yeah, you do. Well, you I skip also, all the cutscenes, though, so yeah. you'll get through that in five hours. I also like Fall Guys. Um, Fall Guys is immense. I've, I've got to get you to play the update later I also today. really want to play The Ninja. Oh, Ghost of... <laughs> wow. You've got, you've got a lot of catching up to do. Uh, you've got a lot of homework. All before... Crash Bandicoot, which oh, Crash Bandicoot that should be coming up next month. Yeah, so we're off for a couple of weeks. We're literally enforcing a, a work break for mm. two weeks, even... and I will be spending every day playing Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> I genuinely, I, I'm going to see how quickly you can complete Crash Four. Oh, I'm so good. Anyway, lots to look out for. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Naked Gaming Pod, and we're on YouTube. Our first video actually has got uh, quite a lot of views now, so thank you so much for that. We'll look to do more in the future. Podcast Radio still playing us out at the moment. We love you. Thanks so much, and tell everyone about us. Tell everyone, share us everywhere. So what are we doing now, Lee? We're going to play a special simulator. Oh, yeah. It's called Clean the House Simulator. And what, what happens when I win Clean the House Simulator? Then, then you can have a nap. Thanks very much indeed. Thanks for listening. As the planes fly overhead, listen to that. <laughs> God. The amount of edits that the planes have caused in the show, you'd never know until... Oh, wait. I'm... Oh, it's getting closer. Do we need to dive out the way? Bye! It's Microsoft Flight Simulator. <laughs>